Hi, good morning, uh, good evening, good afternoon, <laughs> whichever suits you guys, uh, whatever you are listening now. Okay, we continue with slide number 25. Um, the, uh, continue with the uh, urbanization, uh, subtopic of urbanization. Um, okay, this slide, I think you can read it yourself. Um, there are a lot of um, definition of urbanization, but to me, the easiest to understand is the, on the next slide page 26 um, uh, urban economies uh, definition of urban economies um, so a geographical a geographical area is considered urban if it is contain a large number of people in a relatively small area an urban area is defined as an area with relatively high population density so I think for me um, this definition is uh, very clear uh, compared to um, a few definitions on the previous page. Okay. Again, uh, page 27. Again, another definition. Uh, but in summary, urban areas can be simple or complex. They can have rural flavor or that of an industrial workshop. They can be peaceful, place or filled with all types of conflicts. Okay, just a definition. Okay, uh, nature of urbanization, uh, this one um, related back to the uh, previous um, slides uh, from last week. I think you can read it yourself. Okay, next slide, slide 29. Cities tend to become big if their income base is wide. Smaller cities are usually satellites that depends on larger cities to sustain their economic life. So the satellites here means, okay, um, the, def, the the satellites um, in real life the satellites are the one that orbits the earth okay so in in the context of urbanization the satellites is a smaller city which is located nearby the um, CBD which suit some of the uh, purpose of the cities but in a in a smaller scale for example Samarhan is is a satellite city where it can cater the needs of um, people living in Samarhan however in some um, circumstances they still need to go to the Kuching city to to um, to do their businesses for example if you want to um, shops eh, for luxury items um, you still need to go to Kuching but in Samarhan you can still buy uh, normal items uh, groceries for example okay so for some businesses for certain banks uh, certain specialized goods and services uh, specialized pharmacy for example you want to go to consultant firms uh, contractors normally they live in the Kuching city which is a CBD Okay, for example, and, and then um, the satellite cities also does does not um, have uh, government um, services, the main government services. For example, you want to want to do your ICs, your birth certificate, uh, if you want to register for EPF, uh, tax, eh, LHDN, you still need to go to the uh, the CBD instead of the satellite cities. 
Uh, central cities have multiple functions, whereas the suburban surrounding the cities have mainly the purpose of housing. So, um, in Samarahan, you, you it's a mix. Eh, where you have um, uh, uh, housing and some of the commercial area, but um, mostly on housing. Okay, so next slide. A multi-form of transportation and transit are often available in the cities, which is true. However, in in our um, cases in Sarawak, in in Kuching and Samarhan, to be specific, um, the transportation, the public transportation is um, is lacking. There are buses, but um, it's not as um, comprehensive when you compare to um, the KL for example <coughs> okay uh, cities have faults with regard to the service to, to the people of course this one is already discussed in the previous slide because we have overcrowded uh, substandard housing unemployment um, any other you can you can think of Okay, you have social problems, you have a problem of theft, vandalism, uh, and of course the traffic jams. Okay, next slide, slide 31. The factors influencing the location of a town in Malaysia. Okay, uh, of course most of the town in, in the old town, for example, mostly uh, from... Um, um, maritime um, ports. Yeah, even in in Sarawak, most of the town is accessible by by rivers or by sea, which is the the mode of transportation in those days. Now, uh, a town can um, is pop up in areas where there are highways or there are public roads. Which is not applicable in those days. Eh, zaman dulu, we use um, water transportation. Eh, we use uh, we use uh, on on the river and on the on the seaside. Okay, nowadays more towards the roads. Eh, and then location protected by flow of strong wind and currents. Meet, meeting of road junction. See, this one is true. Um, you have if you Google around. There are a few locations with the name of Simpang Empat. Simpang Empat means the road junction. And the, the, the junction uh, where are the where people met and slowly grows to a, a small town and a bigger town. There are some uh, Simpang Empat uh, places in Kedah, Perlis, Perak, Selangor and Terengganu. Uh, this is what I, I, I found out. Eh? Um, there are places named Sipangpat because in my in my hometown there are two places um, using the name Sipangpat. In Sarawak you have Sipangtika, uh, which is near the uh, government offices and Swinburne, eh? and then also the government policy uh, hill resort or town is similar to the uh, previous um, slides, eh? last week's slides. A location determined by natural resources and minerals. This is true for Kuala Lumpur, uh, Taiping, uh, Ipoh, eh, which which are the main 
mining for for tin eh. so um, Kuala Lumpur and um, Taiping uh, Ipoh is is mainly the uh, mining of tin eh, during uh, before Merdeka government policy of course um, Putrajaya, Samarahan and some cases um, um, if you look at the location of the MRSM for example the uh, SBP Polytechnic most of these locations are located outside of the uh, city center so when uh, normally after a few years the location is expand eh? there are shops um, around the schools around, around the polytechnic and then they have uh, housing to cater the um, the lecturers the teachers eh? uh, for uh, teaching in uh, MRSM or uh, SBP and polytechnic and so on okay right okay we stop here and we continue um, we stop at slide 31 we continue on slide 32 later thank you very much Hi, welcome back. Uh, we continue with slide number 32. The factors determine the growth of town in Malaysia. So number one, the growth of town is because of the increase in, in population. So uh, when you live in a city centre, the, the facilities, the hospitals, uh, clinics uh, uh, is better. So due to the improvement in health, and then they will increase the rate of growth of population. So when population increase, the demand will increase and of course due to demand increase there will be new opportunity for new shops uh, or new businesses or new housing projects um, so because of that the town will be exp expand eh? the town will grow and then uh, the, the, there's a lot of job opportunity in commercial and trading center um, and maybe there's a lot of um, when there's shops they need workers so they need workers they need people people and people come to work in the in the city and then when they work in the city they need houses okay, and so on so the process is a, is a, is a cycle actually eh? and then um, when they build a factory they need new factory workers so so when people from outside the city center came to, to the city to work in the factory so they will stay here uh, they will buy houses here, they will send their kids here, and they buy groceries here, so the town will, will grow. Um, and then due to the migration of population, eh, so when people from rural area for, or from suburban areas, they move to the city centre to work. So, slowly the town will grow. And of course, uh, the, um, similar to the last podcast, we have education, uh, recreational and entertainment opportunities. And then you have a resettlement of population or the creation of new village. Um, near to us, um, you can refer, you can relate back to the um, Darul Hana in Waterfront. If if you um, from Pending there, from from the uh, from a bridge, you can see the new township, eh, Darul Hana Township. It's been constructed uh, for resettlement of of the villages uh, nearby the waterfront eh? and then the government policy of new town uh, for Felda and Felkra and Trajaya and then the ex due to the expansion of town boundaries 
Okay, urban renewal. Urban renewal is a term where when um, um, long in a in long period of time, when the building is becoming old and deteriorate, um, and then the needs of the usage of the building is no more there, and there are new needs that to need to be um, used that have more value to the land. Remember last 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 chapter we discussed on the budujil, uh, yeah, where it is not economically economically viable to maintain the jail in the city center, and due to the value of the land itself is more uh, more expensive than the building that sits on it. So it is not economical to maintain the building. So it is more viable to demolish the building and replace a replace with a new building which suits the um, land use in the area okay normally um, they will build a higher building which can um, generate higher profit and of course if you look at the city center it is um, when you, when you live in the city center there will be a scarcity of land so because of the Puru jail, for example, it is not economical to maintain the jail there. So the land is better use of to, to build different type of building to sit on the sides okay, instead of the jails. Okay, uh, so next slide, you can see the example. So this is the Puru jail, slide number 34. So like I mentioned before, the building on the left, sorry, on the right, uh, um, is the uh, Berjaya Times Square and the road there is the Jalan 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 Bukit Bintang on a uh, picture on the left is the old one and the right is the new one the right is they already started to demolish the Pudujil actually okay next slide slide number 35 so this is the old Pudujil Okay, this is the new proposed project. Not proposed, actually, it's, it's being constructed now. You can see the building is high. So the higher the building, the purpose of the the high uh, multi-story building is to maximize the value of the land. So the more real estate they will construct on top of this land, the more profit they, they can generate. Okay, so next slide slide number 37 so this is um, this is from last year uh, if you go to the slides uh, sorry if you go to the site um, you can see the current progress and there is a link of YouTube here which you can click um, it will show you the construction uh, of the BBCC um, in, in last but, but actually the link is for last year but if you search in YouTube now you can find the latest um, progress eh, on site okay back to the slide number 35 <coughs> okay, this is the old building they have demolished the old building except for the main gate of the Puru Jail which they preserve um, as a as a sentimental value, as a historical value eh, of the of the Puru Jail, they maintain the, the 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 main gate of the Puru Jail just for 
for historical value. Okay. Okay, so if you have time, please click the link or you can you can look at the link in the in the YouTube or and then you can um, um, surf the web right, for the BBCC development. You can see the latest uh, latest uh, progress on site. Okay, with that, uh, I'll stop here and then uh, we continue later with slide number number 38. Thank you. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're going to do slide number 38, the interurban competition. So, interurban competition is um, can be related back to the satellite cities. Um, okay, um, the interurban competition is resulting in the movement between cities as some will grow and some other will decline. And the, the same purpose of the satellite cities is to cover the population. Uh, overpopulation actually and overcrowded cities for example they are uh, listed here a few example for example um, KL now you have Putrajaya as the, the new cities so the government offices have already moved from KL to Putrajaya and then for Kuantan you have a new city called Indramakota Jalam you have Puchong, Penang you have Seberang Prai and Johor Bahru you have Pasir Gudang and in Kota Bahru you have uh, Pengkalan Cepa but I, I noticed that in the notes, um, they state different Pengkalan Kubo, I think, which is not, um, which I think Pengkalan Cepa is the the more accurate um, um, satellite cities eh, for Kota Baru. Uh, in the next slides, there's a map of um, Kuching Samarhan, but actually this is, um, there will be uh, animation actually. I have listed all the location in the previous slides in slide 38 to show you the distance of uh, KL, Putrajaya, Kuantan, Ramakota and so on and so forth. But uh, because I have converted the slides into PDF, so you cannot see the, the remaining uh, maps eh, on your PDF. But I suggest I um, maybe you can use your own uh, Google Maps in your phone or in your PCs uh, to look at the this um, different location eh, of the satellite cities, which gave maybe gave you some some ideas eh, on how the cities uh, the interconnected between these two cities, which I think is good for you. Eh? Please take some time to to look at the the maps. Eh? Uh, and then the form of urban growth is number uh, next one is the movement of population so with the rise of income and the development of fast and convenient transport people move from one places to another places so sometimes when our income increase so we want to find a better house with a better a better location with a better schools and amenities and so on and then we we also because of the increase in income we managed to buy house uh, nearer to, to our workplace which can reduce the transportation time and cost eh, of traveling to and fro to, to work. Okay, uh, from the inner from the inner and older parts of the city to the suburbs and outlying town and villages. So we move 
uh, upwards to the nearer to the city center and then uh, of course if you remember back to the 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 land the land, use, land use model you have uh, you have town you have a cbd and then you have transition zone and then you have sub suburban eh, suburban and you have a rural area but when there is an expansion sometimes the town will grow and it takes some portion of the transition zone and of course the transition transition zone also will grow and it will take some part of the suburban area and so on and so forth so slowly the the, the city center will grow uh, which affect the whole other zone um, uh, the suburban the rural and so on so so slowly the rural area becoming more sub suburban eh? so slide number 41 this is the uh, form of urban growth so i think you can read it yourself it's very um, straightforward slide number 42 and 43 we can skip now but i will share to you in the google classroom uh, your the one that your seniors did because we next week was is already 18 so we have we still need to catch up um, we're supposed to start our uh, last cycle course um, one week before uh, before Raya, which is actually next week, sorry, next two weeks. So I need to move the slides uh, faster because we need to cover the the residential eh, for the next uh, for the third chapter. So I, uh, we skip this uh, discussion, but I will share to you the your your the one that I've uh, done your with your seniors. Eh? And then we go to the theories of urban growth. So you have um, uh, three theories. You have economic based theory, and you have input output theory, and you have Keynesian theory. Uh, if you have your book, the um, Harvey books, you can look at page number two hundred and sixty eight. Um, but I will share later um, the PDF books just for this uh, this part. Eh? I will. I will I will uh, WhatsApp to you later. So this three theory has a different approach. So we will um, discuss one by one. So the first one is the economic based theory. So economic based theory, you have the um, split into basic activities and non-basic activities. So the size of urban areas will depends on the supply of goods and services which have supplied to outsider, which is to export when they export there will be an income to the area which later generate the purchasing power and when purchasing power increase they will create more demand and the center the urban area will will grow the non-basic activities is the for uh, internal consumption of the area um, uh, meaning that the non-basic activities the industry the shops the uh, restaurant is not for export outside of the area but to be consumed by the internal consumer uh, if you look at uh, page 268 later it is more detailed but we just need to know the basis of the, the theory only we don't need to go into details eh? so when the export grows uh, and the, the the products of goods grows the 
the the size of the urban area will will grow so that is the the idea eh, of this theory the size of the urban area next slide eh, slide 47 is based on hypothesis that the size of urban area depends on the amount of goods and services supplied to the outsider which is the export the demand from outside increase the urban area will grow so the more they produce the more they export the more income the city will obtain and the city will will grow the income will derive from experts sorry export eh, not experts which generate purchasing power to sustain demand for outputs of activities which produce for internal demand and to pay the, the imports okay so uh, slide number 48 so it, it, like I explained earlier it speaks to basic and non-basic activities Uh, employment is also uh, slide number 49 eh? employment is also similarly divided into basic and non-basic activities um, I, so based on this I can use uh, Samarhan as the example which is near to us so what is the main basic activities of Samarhan okay it's, it's basically an education education hub for Sarawak. So the basic activities for Samarhan is the higher education sector. So that is the export of the uh, Samarhan. So people coming outside from Samarhan to study their diploma, their degree, their master's PhD in, in Samarhan, in UITM, in UDMAS, in IPG, and in Intan and so on. Eh? So that is the main uh, activities in Samarhan. For the non-basic activities, you have uh, restaurants, you have banks, you have shops eh, to fulfill the demands of people living in Samarhan. So when there's a lot more people coming into Samarhan, there will be a lot more demand in the area of Samarhan. So a lot more workers have uh, new jobs, jobs opening in Samarhan. When there's new job opening, they will have new income they will have to buy houses they need to eat they need to buy groceries and so on so the city of Samarahan is slowly expanding so the more people coming to learn to to get the education in Samarahan the more the city of Samarahan will expand so that is the base theory yeah, the economic base theory Okay, I think we stop now and we continue later with the input-output analysis. Thank you. Hi, welcome back. Um, we continue with the input-output analysis, the industry, the inter-industry relationship. Um, so this theory is um, being brought up by uh, Wassily Leontief, which um, he actually gets the Nobel Prize, eh? uh, uh, Nobel Prize in Economics, uh, for this for this theory. But but um, we uh, from the from the book, um, Harvey adapted the inter output input output analysis towards the theory of the urban growth. So um, so Wassily Leontief differentiate the input output analysis based on value of input from different uh, industry and the value of output to various industry okay uh, turn on the next slide uh, slide number 51 
So this is the example of input output analysis. So in one urban area, the circle one. So in one urban area, you will have multiple um, industries um, contributed to the economy of the urban area. So you have agriculture, you have energy, you have manufacturing, and then you have services. So this each of these industry will contribute um, uh, to the to the economy of urban area. But the the contribution is not the same within the industry. And then we discuss later. So uh, next slide. So for example, the agriculture in order to produce crop as outputs, they will need some inputs before they can produce the output. So uh, number one, they need the energy input. So they need to buy oils um, from the energy sector before uh, and then supply them to the machine uh, before they can produce crops so the input of the agriculture agri, sorry agriculture sector the, the the input is the energy and the um, the uh, output is the crops uh, other than energy of course they need machines eh? so there's some um, amount of manufacturing will go into the input from agriculture and then they will have some input from services as well so maybe they need some um, capital eh, before they can produce so they need to go to services sector to bank so that is the the input so they have multiple inputs they have different inputs and they have uh, different outputs sorry And then each production, each of production sector will consume some of other production itself. And for example, for outputs in agriculture, some of the production in agriculture also consumed by the farmer itself. So each input and output can be calculated based on monetary value. So it all come to back to the monetary in monetary value means in term of money. It's very complicated. But this is the this the 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 basic um, theory of the input output analysis. Uh, so that is the example of agriculture. I give you an example for manufacturing, for example. So, uh, for example, they are manufacturing uh, machines, yeah? machines to produce uh, tractors, for example, for agriculture. So before they get to uh, manufacture products, they need to. To buy some energy, they buy oils, electricity from energy. They have inputs from energy, and then the workers need to eat, so they have some input on the agriculture. And then they need loans from the banks, so they have some input of um, banking before they can manufacture their product, which is the output is the is the machines. So it's, uh, I know it's very complicated. Um, if you don't understand. Um, Maybe you just know the basics. It's okay. Um, maybe I, I I can share later the um, links for you to read more on the input output analysis. If you read in Harvey, also the explanation is very simple. Um, I'm not sure you can understand this, but um, maybe I I found I I can find to you uh, links to to explain more easily on the input output. I try to find it later and um, share to you uh, by this week. Okay, please remind me. Uh, okay, slide uh, fifty-three. 
so this is the uh, example of input output matrix so you can look at the total inputs at the bottom all will be 100 percent the calculator he, calculator here is in percentage but percentage of of course so this is just an example okay uh, next slide slide 54 the urban growth the input output of inside urban area and the outside urban areas can determine the production growth of urban area the higher the output may indicate higher production value internally thus prediction can be made and the size of urban area can be evaluated uh, and then examining the inter-industry and inter-area linkages for each industry the value of purchase of inputs from all other industries and sectors of the economy and also the output of industries whether it is locally or export and then the next uh, model is the Keynesian model this is um, developed by John Maynard Keynes in the 1930s this is related to the uh, the, the model was um, uh, being designed to encourage government to spend more and lower tax to stimulate economies the Keynesian model is uh, determining the income of the national economy which can be used to explain the growth or decline of the urban economies the changes in total income of the urban area will result in changes in the level of uh, business activities and model um, um, this one I think best explained by using the the figures if you have the book um, is uh, figure 16.1 page 272 but um, for those who haven't got their book yet uh, I will um, forward later they have uh, a figures 15.1 the older version is figures 15.1 uh, the photo photocopy books is figure 16.1 page 272 uh, however the 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 explanation is um, there's some problem here because when 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 the book was photostat there's some um, folded pages which covers the the writing on the books but um, I will pass to you the soft copy later which you can read it there okay and then we continue with uh, slide number 58 the policies of town expansion uh, I think we stop here and continue in the next podcast. Thank you. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we continue with slide number 58, the policies for town expansion. So the town expansion or the town growth uh, presents two interrelated problems. Number one is to find a suitable living space of overgrowing population. Um, this problem can be solved by either A to redevelop the central area at higher density or to develop suburban area. Um, sorry, mis misspelling there should be suburban, suburban communities or even new urban communities away from the from the city. The first one is rather costly because you need to redevelop. Redevelop means to demolish, to build again on top of the demolished area. So, which difficult and costly. 
Um, so this is only feasible if if they have a large public funds available. So which is not favorable. The second one, the developing of suburban communities, is more desirable, uh, which means that the part of the existing population uh, uh, to accommodate the um, population outside the existing area. I think this one, which also can relate back to the uh, places that we discuss uh, in the previous uh, podcast, where you have um, KL Trajaya, you have. Uh, Kuantan, Indramakota, you have Penang, you have Sarang Praia and so on. So, they create new smaller cities, the satellite cities uh, outside of the urban areas to cater the um, growing populations. And because well, when the city center uh, become more um, crowded because of more population, so so they cannot cater for new um, young younger uh, population they need to spread eh, into smaller cities outside um, and then the second problem is to improve the existing urban environment by dealing with inner city decay pollution traffic congestion poor housing conditions so inner city decay or means um, the problem of deterioration of the existing building which can be um, resulted from various factors maybe of the of the deindustrialization uh, which i think uh, adri have uh, uh, discussed uh, discussed on the uh, detroit area of uh, in the us due to the closing of um, car manufacturers in Detroit eh? and then also because of depopulation de-urbanization you have abandoned buildings abandoned infrastructure unemployment poverty um, crime pollution and so on so, so slowly the city become decay but it can um be over uh, it can the problem can be overcome by the demolition of slum area uh, improving of transport system transport system and to refurbish refurbish the buildings okay this one is example in kl uh, this one is flat flat pakeliling uh, flat pakeliling was built to accommodate uh, low income population or the newlyweds who works in kl um, the building was um, uh, they call it a, a cookie cutter shape building which is very general very boxy building um, this one is for rental purposes it's not being sold uh, uh, they provide only uh, uh, rental for low income population uh, you have only one uh, room per house uh, but because it is it was built in 1960s eh? if you look at the um, chronology events it was built in 1964 to 1967 so about 80 years ago so uh, slowly the building become deteriorate and has resulted to um, urban decay you can see that the the, the shape the size is very uh, very um, a very uh, 
It's not nice to see. Okay. So eyes, eh? it's very so eyes. Okay, if you look um, in in the chronology events, uh, 1964-1967, the building was constructed, but um, they started to to do the um, um, not refurbishment. They need they want to redevelop the area. Eh? They they want to do it urban renewal to redevelop the area uh, to make it more suitable. Um, of the place eh? because the site itself uh, if you look at the next slide slide number 62 if you look at the location of uh, plus uh, flat Pekelilin uh, the, the location is very very strategic it is located in Jalan Tun Razak and you have uh, Hospital KL Grand Season Hotel IJN Pustakaan Negara you have um Sentul Selatan and Titiwangsa. So the location is very strategic, which is um, in in this area, which is which is is not economically viable to maintain the the flats eh, in the area. So they already started thinking to re to redevelop uh, the area, the area. But there's some um, um, issues. Um, uh, between the uh, social responsibility of the government and due to the income generation of of the other side eh? uh, but but um, the building was um, demolished after, uh, in 2005 2006 um, but it's fully um, demolished uh, They finally demolished in 2015. It is finally uh, being demolished. Okay. Um, okay. Next slide. Eh? Slide number 62. The location. Um, if you if you use um, Google Maps, you can put the 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 yellow uh, yellow. Yellow guy, if you can put on the location of Plaza Pekeliling on the road of Jantun Razak, you can see now it is currently is under construction uh, of the Sungai Buloh Putrajaya MRT line construction. Uh, sorry, the, the yellow guy is the Google Map Street View. If you put the Street View in the Jalan Tunazak, you can see that uh, the building is everything is has been demolished. There's no more flat there, and you can see the um, station of um, MRT station in the location there. But actually, before this, they plan to build um, a commercial building in the area. But now they have MRT. MRT station at the moment. Um, if uh, the next slide, slide number sixty-three. Okay, this is um, a little bit old. No, the news is six years ago. <coughs> they they need to they want to develop the the location um, to be commercial building um, project satu point lima billion eh di tapak flat berkeliling. I think you can read it yourself. But at the moment. Um, If you go to the street view, um, there's only MRT station at the moment. There's no um, other buildings has been constructed uh, yet. 
Eh, but of course, I'm sure there will be more development in the area. But for as for now, uh, there's an MRT station, eh, part of the MRT uh, Sungai Buloh, uh, Sungai Buloh Putrajaya MRT Line Station. Of course, the 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 problem is due to the the delay in demolition because they started demolishing in 2006 and then they have to before demolish they have to move the tenant into into other places eh? they cannot just simply demolish the buildings and they, they finally finished demolish in 2015 so it took them nine years from the first start to demolish until finish which I think maybe due to the political issue, uh, social issues, um, government responsibility. I think maybe there's some uh, issues before they can fully demolish the building, which may hinder away of the investors. I think, uh, but I'm not sure at the moment. I try to find out from online, but uh, uh, I cannot find it. Um, but if I find new information, I will share to you later. So if you can find information, please share in Google Classroom for the for for your friends to to read and for me to read as well. Okay, I think we stop at slide number sixty-three and we continue later with slide number sixty-four. Thank you. Okay, hi, welcome back. Um, we we continue with slide number sixty-four. Uh, the concept of new town, the problem of new towns. Uh, this slide also is um, quite detailed. Um, I think it's, it's self-explanatory. You can uh, read it on yourself. Uh, 64, 65, uh, 66, 67, and 68. Uh, on um, page 68, there's a statement here. This is also from um, Harvey. Uh, statement is only a very large new town might expect to compete successfully as a shopping center against the establishment retail centers of other urban areas in the region. So this basically means that um, in order to create a new town, the planning of the new town must be um, properly designed to attract people nearby to go there uh, instead of going back to the old town. So when when they when they design a new town, make sure that it can cater the needs of the the people who live in the new town um, and not dependent not not depend not have dependence uh, on the on the facilities or amenities in the in the old town so in order to make the uh, the, the new town um, more, more viable eh? and on on page 69 This is a case study. It's quite interesting. This is a case study for Toyota City. Uh, Toyota is a is a car it's a car brand, but due to its large um, operation, its large um, contribution eh, to the um, to the location of uh, of uh, in Japan. It has managed to expand from a industrial town and expand into nearby town to make it a, a, a Toyota city. So uh, actually Proton tried to emulate this because during that time uh, 
our third prime minister sorry our fourth prime minister uh, Tun Mahathir um uh, he, he make a he made a look to his policy um uh, where uh, especially to Japan eh uh, in order to develop our country so um that's why we have uh, we actually have proton city in Tanjung Malim but um the idea is not um successful eh, as as in Tota city um the town is um not really developed as as much as the Toyota lah because of the uh, we cannot compare Proton and Toyota eh? Toyota they distribute the car worldwide and Proton is is on only uh, export to several countries eh? outside of Malaysia and the, the the volume is lower much much lower than Toyota of course okay look at the Toyota city so the sec- next page page 70 so th- that is the location of Toyota city Um, nearby to um, Nagoya eh? uh, so this is uh, the case study so um, it was started uh, the, the originally cities is Koromo which produced silk but uh, due to low demand of silk, silk uh, the, the Toyo, Toyoda Toyoda family uh, created a uh, alternative to weaving machine they manufacture and founded Toyota Motor Corporation so the um, slowly the city grows due to um, the successfulness of the brand Toyota and they absorbed nearby village 1956 uh, in uh, officially they changed name to Toyota City in 1959 and the town grew 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 and they absorbed adjacent um, cities eh, nearby the um, Koroma orang Toyota So they absorb Kamigo, Takaoka 1965, Sanage and Matsudaira in 1970s. And then uh, in 1979 they opened the railroad uh, Toyota Line and Aichi Loop 1988 to improve accessibility to the city. And it continued to absorb um, nearby villages. In 2005, they absorbed Fujioka, Obara, Asuki, a lot of Japanese cities, eh? and then they expand the Toyota city. So that shows how the expansion of the city, due to the um, uh, demand eh, of the of the city, they expand into adjacent, adjacent, adjacent means nearby, eh? adjacent, adjacent um, villages, eh? adjacent cities nearby the Toyota city. Okay. So uh, next page is uh, advantages of urbanization. Uh, this is also straightforward. This is uh, self-explanatory. Uh, from page 73 to 70, 77. Um, this is self-explanatory. I think you can understand when you read the slides. Uh, so I skip this one. And if you have question on this, um, you can um, ask later in Google Classroom or you can ask during our discussion on Friday. Okay. But I want to um, uh, discuss something on diversification in on page 76. On the diversification, you have a broad classification, you have vertical integration, you have uh, backward and forward integration, and you have horizontal div- diversification. Uh, I would like to explain a little bit on this. Um, uh, uh, as as usual, I will use the 
a simple analogy to explain it and of course I will be using the nasi lemak example okay so vertical integration you have backward integration so backward integration means you go backwards uh, meaning you create products that are inputs to main operation so let's say that um, you operate a stall of nasi lemak so when you do diversification you do backward integration means that you create business to supply to your main operation in this case of nasi lemak maybe you um, you rear your own chickens or you have your own paddy field or you you grow your own cucumber in order to supply to your to the store that is backward integration okay you create new business to support to supply to the the main main business eh? for forward integration is the extension of firm activities for example uh, instead of just selling nasi lemak you also sell kuih uh, or roti canai or teh ice uh, in the store i know it's bulan puasa so so sorry <laughs> so maybe <laughs> so sorry eh if you heard this during puasa eh? sorry uh, for horizontal diversification is uh, some you are diversified by selling different product which has no relationship at all with your main business for example if you sell nasi lemak so if you want to do horizontal diversification you sell different things for example you sell prepaid cards or you become an insurance agent or water filter agent in your in your stall so that is uh, just 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 an example and eh? just an analogy Okay, uh, I think we skip to um, slide number 77. Uh, disadvantages of urbanization, I think this is straightforward. This is related back to earlier this of this chapter and also um, can be related back to the to the first chapter, which is, um, I think most of you is already familiar with the disadvantages eh, of urbanization. Okay, uh, I think we stop here and in the next podcast, we will continue with urban renewal and redevelopment. Right, thank you.